Mickey Gillian, Johnny Lee, the Urban Cowboys ride again today on the Music Universe podcast. How's Branson? Uh, Branson is fun. You know, we should call that. We did this in Nashville too. We should call the where I was in Nashville and you were, you know, not traveling. Um, yeah. We should do these where um, and call them like vlogcast episodes or something because. Um, when I get home, I will do a write-up of the of the show next week, but I wanted to get something out now because I've just got back to the room from uh, from the show, and it was amazing. It was amazing. You have to understand, Branson has the ability to destroy me. I mean, it just <laughs> it just turns me into a six-year-old. I, I I just. I don't feel like, I feel like the kid coming here for the first time or the kid watching his grandmother's videos right. and playing pretend. I don't feel like an adult whenever I'm here. I just don't. Because um, I have so much of my childhood and what I, you know, the pretend I played in my formative years is kind of rooted in here. And uh, 21 years ago, we came to Branson over the Christmas season. Uh, it was Thanksgiving weekend. We actually thought it would be not as busy as you know a, as a, a non-holiday weekend during the holiday mm-hmm. season. We were wrong because <laughs> it was 2000 and it was when Branson was still kind of in the 90s thing. If you don't know much about Branson, it was it is and was this town where a bunch of acts that wanted to get off the road retired here or they don't like when I say that, but they came here not wanting to retire, but wanting to sit down and create a show. A lot of people did that. Barbara Mandrell, Roy Clark, Glenn Campbell mm-hmm. had the Good Time Theater for a little yeah. bit. Oak Ridge Boys had, had a theater for a little bit. They didn't own it, but they put their name on it. Um, Mel Tillis had his theater here. Uh, it, it, was, it was just, it was a mecca for 70s and 80s country stars to come off the road and make millions of dollars sitting down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much anymore, especially with the way touring has changed. And I actually will do a bigger wrap up of my trip later on. But um, the uh, one of the women I was speaking to who works in the sales industry for one of the bigger theaters in town said, you know, that, that it just isn't so that people can sit down and make millions of dollars anymore they, when they can make gazillions of dollars on the road. Right. You know, touring the touring business model has changed dramatically and it's affected Branson which is something I hadn't thought about but anyway the reason we're what we're talking about here today is Johnny Lee and Mickey Gilly two of the musical artists along with the late Charlie Daniels and a few others who were a part of the John Travolta movie very famous urban cowboy film which was filmed at Gilly's nightclub the largest nightclub in the world in Pasadena Texas Mm -hmm. before it burned down Um, it made Gilly a household name now Gilly one of the cool things, and I'd never really realized this before, but you and I have talked privately a couple of times about, you know, you had the 50s and the 60s, you had the 40s, 50s, 60s in country music, and in the 70s, it like, there's this gap between when you get the urban, between when you go from, you know, the Opry adding percussion mm-hmm. and artists adding percussion and the neo the urban cowboy movement and then a move back to neo-traditionalism with randy travis in the 90s i was watching mickey gilly and i'm thinking here is a man who single-handedly carried the country music through the 70s single-handedly carried country music through the 70s 17 number one hits 39 top tens 
uh, Entertainer of the Year, Male Vocalist of the Year, Most Promising Artist when he was new on the scene, a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, just a very, very prolific career, but these people in the late 60s, early 70s kind of get cratered by the 90s coming out of that, and they, they, you kind of lose them a little bit. Right. So, but Mickey Gilly, very, very important, very important to country music, and I think, because I was surprised to see it, I think, although they don't mention it in the show, which is interesting because they brag about his acolytes before he comes on, I think, and please look this up while I'm talking to you because I have slow, crappy hotel internet, I think Gilly is a Country Music Hall of Fame member. Uh, well, give me a minute and I will, uh, I will find that out. So I, I know you met him. What was that like? I got to tell you, this is the story I started to tell. And yes, he was... Uh inducted into the National Traditional Country Music Hall of Fame on August 31st, 2013. Um, I, I don't know if that's the actual Country I, Hall of Fame. No, it's not. It's not, but I could have swore I saw a plaque of his in the actual CMH uh, and CMHOF, and I, but I could be mistaken. And if he's not in there, he should be. But anyway, this mm -hmm. is what I was saying. I, I kind of grew up on his music because that was one of the tapes that my late grandmother would bring back from Branson. They used to do it to where they would have closed circuit cameras. Very high quality, actually. Mm -hmm. Tape the shows, and then they'd just print VHSs. They'd burn VHSs. So I, so I have a couple of tapes from them seeing him a couple of times. So 21 years ago, we come for Christmas. We come for a weekend, and but it was a packed weekend. I'm talking Jim Stafford, Shoji Tabuchi, uh, Mickey Gilly, one or two other shows. It was it was a packed weekend of all the stars of Branson. The last show we saw was Mickey Gilly. My dad made us leave at intermission because he wanted to get a head start. So I didn't get to see the full show. Oh. Um, I think, I remember us leaving early. I remember being upset that we were leaving early. And, and so I, I'd wanted to see him, he'd come close to, into Pennsylvania, into venues uh, that I would go to. He'd come close a number of times, but never got a chance to go see him. And I planned the dates of this trip specifically so that I could go see Mickey Gilly and Johnny Lee, who opened the show. They, you know, in Branson, you have to have an intermission, but this was kind of an unfair unfair situation because Johnny came out, did about 12 songs. Um, I didn't know this and he talked about it. So it's fair game, but he has Parkinson's and Johnny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Johnny Lee. Mickey Gilly actually has some spinal issues of his own uh, from a fall that never really healed. Uh, but, and he can't play piano anymore. And he was j making jokes about that. But, um, for Johnny, he has Parkinson's. So in the times that we've interviewed him and it's been like, why are his answers so short and why does he sound like he's half asleep? He explained on stage he has Parkinson's. Right. And I think that that's important. And it makes the fact that Johnny actually having a new album, which we've reported and covered and interviewed him for on the site, I think that makes it all the more impressive because oh, yeah. he's still able yeah. to do it. Now, his voice, for those that are kind of listening for that drunken vibrato that he is so famous for, I'll be blunt, that's gone. That's gone. Doesn't yeah. mean he's not good. He's still great. He can, he knows, he knows how to hit it. 
exactly as he needs to and modify it for his voice. But he talked about having Parkinson's and I was like, oh my gosh, suddenly so much makes sense. Um, right. And he, his set, he only did about 12 songs and then they had intermission and um, he actually left, left. Uh, and then Mickey came out and did a full 90 minute set. Oh, wow. In the set in the second half, uh, it started about seven thirty. The show ended about ten ten or so. So it was it was a good over two hour show. Most of wow. which was Mickey. Um, so and then afterwards, so I had set his his um, Mickey is related to Jerry Lee Lewis and the Reverend Jimmy Swaggart. They're all cousins, right. and somebody from the Lewis side of the family was there uh, for Veterans Day. He sang the national anthem before the show. And nice. as luck would have it, the row I was in, because I was a guest of, of Johnny's uh, team, we uh, was the sort of guest row. And so I was actually, I wanted to tell you this off the record, but um, I'll tell you it here. I was waiting for my friend who, I had two tickets, so I was waiting for someone coming from work and to come because he wanted to meet Johnny at intermission. Well, the manager of the theater comes and grabs me from the lobby before my friend got there to say, hey, you said you wanted to come back and say hi? I said, yeah, I was told I'd be doing that at intermission. She said, no. She said, we kind of got a packed show because it's Veterans Day, so we're doing a little extra stuff. They want to meet you now. So I went back, and it was just very quick, hi, hello. Very quick, hi, hello. I don't even yeah. think I was standing still for a minute, and then this manager is like whisking me back out and I'm like well okay <laughs> so show is over and I hit it off with uh, this Tommy Lewis who is who sang the national anthem and is related on the Lewis side right. uh, to, Jer to Jerry Lee I think it's his grandfather or great cousin um, anyway Mickey asked him to sing the national anthem he did great he did it he did excellent and um, and so I'm standing there talking to him, explaining who I was, why I was in town, which again we'll get to on another episode because mm -hmm. uh, we have a big announcement. Um, and he was like, "Oh, okay, you know." Da, 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 da. The curtain opens. Mickey's still sitting back there, and he says, "Come on, I'm going up to talk to everybody. You come up too." So he oh. introduced me. He introduced me more formally to Mickey, and uh, I had actually texted Mickey after the show. We we text back and forth sometimes, very rarely. Last I talked to him was in the summer, but um, I said, hey, if you're still in town and you want to do lunch tomorrow, I'll, because I'll, they have a date in Kansas City on Saturday, but they're going to leave Saturday morning. Right. So, so I got to talk to him for a little bit, got to sit next to him and get a picture. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and it was just fun. It was just fun. Stood around on the stage, talked to some people, talked to the band. Talked to uh, Storm and Norman, Norman Carlson, who's been his band leader, sax player, and electric keyboardist for 52 years. Damn. 52 That's amazing. 52 years he's been with Mickey. Uh, and Mickey's voice is better than it's been in, in 30 years. Uh, and he even said as much while I was up there talking to him, because somebody said that. He said, your voice is just amazing. He said, well, he said... Uh, you know, not being able to play piano, I could focus on the vocals more, and I've kind of just been, you know, tr building out my voice as much as I can. And mm -hmm. for eight, he's 85. He's yeah. 85, and yeah. he sounds like he did 40 years ago. 
And he wow. he was on my bucket list of people that before they go, I wanted to see in concert one more time um, because I was so young the last time I saw him. So that's right. why I was just like, you know, I just wanted to record because these this is the kind of emotion I can't get across on paper. I'm not that good of a writer and I don't want to make these reviews about me. The show was fantastic and I'm going to write about that. But this, as an experience for me, was 21 years in the making because I wanted to see him again once I was older mm -hmm. and once I started really listening to his songs and understanding what they meant. You know, it was it was so much fun, really. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Because um, I know you sent me a picture of you with Mickey, but I didn't see one with, uh, with Johnny. No, I didn't so I get sure. Johnny left after his after his section of the show. So I had oh, I thought see. it would it would be more like a uh, Reba Brooks and Dunn, which we're going to see in a couple of weeks, uh -huh. um, where you know they kind of trade off, where maybe they're both sitting there on the stage and they they kind of trade off. But no, very much Johnny was the opener and Mickey was the headliner, although they get co-billing. Um, as they should, because they're both legends. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, that's awesome. I, I know you've been excited about this trip, and uh, I know you've got some other shows on the way, too. Yep, we're going to see Rhonda Vincent and Neil McCoy, both on Wednesday, the um, 17th. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I might pop in. I won't, this won't be for us, obviously, but I might pop in on a few Christmas shows. Uh, as well so we'll see well you know when you travel you make the most of it and you're kind of making fun of me about uh seeing two reba shows in um oh Vegas. i'm not making fun of you i'm because i so totally would do that yeah. i did that with garth i did that with with garth uh we in 2015 we went to see him in pittsburgh and i had handicapped seats with my grandparents <clears throat> while my parents went and sat in the high high rafters uh because my grandmother was woozy up there um yeah so she sat with my grandfather and i sat with her um and that was a good view we were above everybody but then i turned right back around because we were staying the night so i'm like why wouldn't i just pay the 75 bucks and go in and go and turn right back around and go in and that's exactly what i did now <laughs> i don't know what that man did to prepare for 2014 but Whatever he did, he didn't do enough because uh, for the tour launch because by the time that second show ro rolled around, he was as hoarse as as you would ever believe. It was that crowd carried him that all, all that all night, and he said as much at the end of the show. He was like, "Thank you for lifting me," and it was his birthday show. It was right. February seventh. Um, so yes, I do make the most out of it. You do make the most out of it. I turned right back around and went back in. You're doing you're doing the same thing. I can hardly blame you, one bit. Well, you're yeah, just, you're just sticking me with your daughter, and as of right now, we have no plans. Well, you you asked for it, number one. Uh, <laughs> this is punishment. <laughs> exactly. Two. I I have pulled a you, and yes, I am making the most of it. I normally wouldn't spend that type of money to, to do that. But, you know, I kind of feel like it's a treat to myself because uh, I've waited so long to do this. I'm finally in a position where I can go and do it. And then COVID happens, right? right. So it's like, uh, I'm, 
I'm going to do it. So as soon as they announced it, we got tickets and uh, couldn't be happier and really looking forward to it. So I'm that, that, that'll that be fun. So we are definitely making the most of, well, each trip that we take. Well, and then we also have bum, ba, da, ba, da, bum, ba. <sighs> we are seeing Shania. It's my first time, my daughter's first time. It'll and, be my second. Yeah. Um, and then by the way... By the way, I'm pretty sure I can say this, because maybe even by the time this airs, we'll know. I'm pretty sure, uh, even though I've never seen Eric Church perform before, by the time we go see him, it will be my third time seeing Eric and your first. Mm, bastard. <laughs> I feel like I'm running in a race you're not. <laughs> well, look, you open yourself up more than I do. You're in a, and, and I don't, I don't mind traveling, but I, it gives me anxiety. We've discussed that before. So right. you're in an area where concerts like that pretty frequently travel where mine, I, I get big shows, but I don't get Eric Church. Uh, yeah. So I have to physically go out of town. I will say DC is, it's interesting, right? Because and this gets into a whole another topic, but like one of the reasons I'm staying in Branson as long as I am um, is because I want to make the most of it. And I got a lot of logistics with this thing that we're going to announce. Right. But also I could probably wrap that up in about five days if I really focused. The reason I'm staying eight is because Neil McCoy is playing a full show here, a full regular show mm -hmm. with his hits. And when I go to a show, I want to hear... And this was my disappointment. Um, you know, there are certain Neil McCoy with Huntsville. There were certain there was a Neil McCoy song or two that he could have done instead of just doing a Lee Greenwood song. And in fact, right. some artists did do that. Crystal did brown eyes. Um, Crystal Gale, don't it make my brown eyes blue? Neil only did a Lee Greenwood song. Well, on stage, but he did wink with you. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> um, but I will say. Um, that as a touring performer, he never really comes east. He stays Midwest and mostly South, mostly Texas, Louisiana, yeah. Alabama. So the fact that I'm here, and I'm here in a not unreasonable amount of time to see him, I'm, I'm staying actually specifically to see him because he doesn't come up. And so right. being in, but at the same time, being in Virginia, being in Virginia and Maryland, which is a, a very bluegrassy kind of Americana region. There are artists that I couldn't get in New York. Is Billy Joel going to come to D.C. Uh, as frequently as he plays Madison Square Garden? No. But would I have gotten to see Hank Jr. in New York? Absolutely not. Right. You know? So it, it, there is certainly a regional trade-off with the kinds of acts that you can get. And I'm often fascinated by this because the fact that I love to go to concerts Kind of, you know, oh, I could move there, yeah, but nobody ever comes there. I'd never get to go see a show. You right. know, that, that, that has factored into, you know, certain decisions I've made. So, and the fact that I have Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. all around me, it's kind of like having New York, New Jersey, Connecticut all around me when I was a little further up east. Right. You know, all right. accessible. And, and the trade-off is I might not get the Billy Joel's and the Celine Dion's that much, um, but I'll get a lot more country. 
uh, music that oh, yeah. wouldn't really play New York. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Mickey Gilly will pop up at Birchmere, you know, and I'll get to go see him again. Um, and I'm telling you, for anyone who's considering going to Branson, uh, come to Branson next year when they come back with the show at next spring and come see Mickey Gilly and Johnny Lee. Gilly's voice alone is worth it. He is eight, he's 85, going to be 86, and he sings just like when he was in his 30s and 40s uh, as, a, as a hit recording artist. I got to tell you, it was just amazing. And I, I love, you know, people go, uh, somebody told me today, I won't say who, that a lot of mainstream acts uh, don't come to Branson because if they have Branson on their tour schedule, it looks like they're done, like they're giving up like they're coming to retire or something, which, again, we can dig into in the Branson episode that we're going to do after this. But in terms of the legacy acts that are here, they're worth it. They're not here to just half half effort and, and uh, half effort it and give nothing. No, the legacy acts that are here are really good. So come to Branson. That's, that's what I can say. Yeah, totally, man. Glad you're having fun and uh, going to continue to have fun there. And it's only your second night. Te- technically your first. Right. I got in so late last night. But uh, awesome, man. It's uh, it's going to be fun when we get to meet up in Vegas, too. Um, it will be. And we're going to do our year-end wrap there. I, I think that's uh, necessary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, well, for the Music Universe Podcast, I am Matt Bailey in Branson, Missouri. And, um, buddy, thanks for listening. Keep checking out themusicuniverse.com and hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Take care. (laughs) 